there, and welcome to the third episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra Carlin, and today we'll be chatting with two awesome people, Greg and Ryan, from the awesome band Brass Phantoms. Uh, I've known Greg and Ryan for quite a while now, um, from meeting them around town and from even seeing Brass Phantoms live, so it was really, really fun having them on. Um, I normally at this point would explain what type of music the person that I'm going to be interviewing says uh, plays, but uh, Brass Phantoms came up with their own fairly unique description, which you'll hear in a little bit. So <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Anyway, so uh, today we'll be chatting about the band's beginnings, their interests, why they love making art, a uh, few gig stories and tour stories, all that kind of carry on. And of course, we'll be chatting about the band's brilliant debut album, Holding Out for Horrors, which was released last year. I won't give any more further information away. So without further ado, it's Theme Music Time, made by Zach Stevenson. phantoms and say the first question is for anybody who doesn't know the band how would you describe your sound i had a good word for this what was it acid punk uh, acid punk dream pop was what we called it i think we were drunk coming up did you throw throw some fuzz in there as well acid fuzz Uh, jazz punk pop I didn't, but I like fuzz. So let's go acid fuzz, dream pop. <laughs> acid fuzz. Acid fuzz, screw, dream pop. <laughs> screw, screw punk, everyone's punk. No, I guess um, it's 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 indie rock. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> in, 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 in the dream of finding our own little niche, uh, we've decided to just go with the absurd, straight for the absurd as the hides what we truly are. Uh, yeah. And yeah, well, sure, why not? Like? Ilk with the national and the Interpols and such. <clears throat> that's what people said and uh, no, i think um the for what we sound like there's two guitarists there's keys there's drums there's bass and there's some uh wholesome vocals from mr cashel here as well so um <laughs> nothing nothing too extravagant unfortunately do you know how you've synth as well don't you it was, oh, yeah synth. Synth yeah yeah, key, I, yeah 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 colleen yeah. does uh synth yeah, yeah, keys yeah, yeah, yeah. so like when when did you guys first form um, cause I know you had music in 2017, but you were going before that even again, weren't you? Like way before that. Uh, I met Ryan, uh, McCabe, the drummer I met Ryan at his 18th, which would have been like 2013. And then, um, we probably had a jam a couple of months after that, I'd say, Ryan. Yeah, okay. uh, it, it initially started off, I think, myself and James were messing about, we went to school together, and um, we were looking for a drummer, and uh, we got in contact with this guy, he was like, oh, I love playing drums, but I don't want to play drums with you guys, because I'm in loads of bands, but you should get in contact with this dude, Adam McCabe, uh, and we met up with Adam McCabe, and he came, he came around with a guitar, first of all, for <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Do you guys listen to Queens of Stone Age?" And we're like, 
guys mental um so yeah we, we started jamming with him we, we just started messing around like the Finglas youth center jamming space because i think it was free and um it was that yeah mccabe's oh, birthday right, myself yeah. and greg met i think I, I greg was like jamming away to something and i think it was like uh little islands uh julian casablanca was it what's the name of the song with uh uh, Lonely, Lonely, Island. Island. Lonely Island, yeah. Was it that or Libertines? Oh, yeah. uh, Boombox. And, Boombox, that's the one, yeah. yeah. I couldn't and, think of it, yeah. And we started talking about the libs and the, all the boys, and uh, yeah, it's been a, a fond love ever since. <laughs> yeah, so it was like uh, Ryan and James had these songs, and they wanted they were doing gigs and had no, no one to play some of the guitar parts. So then, um, because I was in a band with Adam, they were like, oh, can you get Greg? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I just kind of started out... Uh, like playing a couple of what were at the time their songs. And then after probably two or three rehearsals, we were there writing a few tunes together. And um, then uh, like any sensible person, I was like, hey, I'm not letting these dudes take credit for my tunes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so, um, so then they, uh, they, they stole me from another band, basically. Yeah. You and McCabe. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> And so when when did you first start like uh, like gigging and and actually recording music? Then was that soon after or? Uh, it was maybe twenty twelve, wasn't it? Twenty fourteen? No, maybe. no, no, fourteen, fourteen. Yeah, we 14. did an EP in like tw- we did that EP in twenty fourteen, um, and probably released that in yeah. the summer. And then I don't think that like that didn't really do. It got like I think it got some stuff on the radio in twenty fifteen, and then I think we got some money from the radio or all these to go and record city walls and stuff and then that was like yeah, okay yeah. now we're a band because we have better songs <laughs> yeah so kind of it, it, it picked up in the second half of 2015 rolled into 2016 i would say and then um then we started having some fun and what was i th- there's is a one ep or two that you don't actually have up on spotify at the moment uh it, it's actually two, that was the yeah. first one Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um basically so we had the first EP up and then that was like uh you know, I think like one of the tracks had like a thousand streams, that kind of thing, so I wasn't really doing much and then um then we released the City of Wolves EP and City of Wolves kinda did that started uh that was getting out there a lot more. City of Wolves was the first song I heard by you guys, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the same for probably everyone who heard us really um so that kind of uh started picking up a bit more and we released that with an ep but um we did a re-release for city of wolves and at the time uh, i think we had to take down this the previous ep to do the re-release which was um oh, okay in, in hindsight a little bit of a pain but like it was the right it was it was for it was uh the motives were well we're, we're good yeah, at the like, time i guess i guess even now at the moment I, I wouldn't be against re-releasing them anyway for people to get an idea what because i know a lot of people still liked a lot of those old songs but that'd be something yeah. maybe to think about closer to the end of all the lockdown madness so yeah, 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 yeah. excuse to gig <laughs> 10 year anniversary the first ep man but uh, when uh, when I first heard about it, it was because you said that you went through like a stylistic uh, change in the band at all. So you did, felt that like Ryan, you said that. So I was wondering, like, what was the what was the change that happened that kind of like suddenly spurred on like a whole new sound for the band? Oh, there was um, 
I, uh, the, the, the brutal honesty was that like there was this uh, <laughs> that Greg probably was thinking about now. Uh, we released the first EP and we really dug it. It was really, it was, we, we, it was kind of like cool sort of garage indie sort of thing. And um, we put it up on Bandcamp and this guy loved it and reviewed it. It was like, cool. He's like, oh, I'm going to put it on our podcast. And uh, these guys ripped this EP apart. Like, <laughs> like we were like oh, really what? young and like <laughs> these guys. Oh, that's horrible. Shreds. Oh no, it worked out well. But he was just like, oh, look at these guys. Someone needs to tell them that, that the strokes ended 10 years ago and all this. And you're like, oh God. Jesus. So, yeah, so we went through like a little bit of a music change after that. It was sort of. I, I don't think I, I wouldn't I wouldn't credit those guys with changing the sound. No. I think that was that was more like that was more kind of that was a bit of an anecdote. But I think like uh, yeah, that, there was all that kind of <laughs> shit. But then I think um, it definitely just kind of playing together more as well. Like uh, like I was, I barely had a guitar pedal. I probably had one or two when I started playing with them, and then with brass phantoms, and then like when we started recording, I was like oh get some gear and then just like as you get that your sound grows from something as simple as that and then playing together more it goes from like it stopped being a thing of like i have a song idea this is how we're gonna play it or ryan has a song and here are the parts and it became more of a thing of like um just bringing ideas into the rehearsal room and working on them together so that that i think so it was um as much as i'd um uh, maybe 50% partial credit to some dicks on some podcasts that nobody ever heard. Um, and then 50% of Ghost of Time. <laughs> but 2014, 2014, you would have been what? Like, that's horrible. 18, 18, 19 years. Well, I'm just. Yeah, but like, I think like the good, the good thing, the good thing with us is like, I think even from the first time I would have met Ryan or James, it's like, you've never been, you know, it's, it's, um, even the serious conversations that we have had would would still kind of have a a comedic undertone, I guess. So it's yeah. always like anything yeah, okay. like that was always like that was that that kind of thing became a point of uh, that. Like if anything, if anyone ever hated something, like there, there's a little bit of you is like, man, fuck that guy, and you're angry. With it. <laughs> then, uh, like overall, overall, it became a joke. No, yeah. that that was not uh, even even yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. And even like it, when we, it, it's sort of. It's looked back in a sort of comedic sense because we took it, but it, it wasn't something that destroyed. It was something that very much like we we're like, yeah, okay, yeah. like we'll we'll keep going with this. Um, but as well as, as Greg was saying, like um, for maybe it, it was probably like a year. You and McCabe weren't really like fully members yet, and I think we had the conversation. I, that really changed it all as well because as well, oh, I, played, when, I played. Um, I played super hard to get for like six months. <laughs> yeah very hard to get i had to, I, I had to like take uh, mccabe out on a, an arter's day uh just to give you a little flashback um yeah just we we drank many Arthur's guinness day. and then Jesus. i still nearly broke them yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh so like from from all that for the EP to talk, I'm talking about now the uh, Holding Out for Horrors, which came out in mm. September, which was the album, obviously, like the de- debut debut album. I was just wondering, Our like, what was like, the process in making that album? Yeah, I work by myself. <laughs> yeah, there, I did do the uh, album for it, which I was delighted with when it came out. No, no we love it. Thank you. Thanks for paying um, me. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> but, um, no, no, I, I genuinely, I love, I love when I was asked, was very touched. Well, because I know I did the single before, but um. When mm. it came out and everything, I was delighted to have done it. It was 
it was I was really and I love I love the artwork from I loved the artwork myself as well so which is always yeah it was it, it was just just well, on that note it was like because you did the first single and I think that's like uh, that's a picture of Adam and the idea was that uh, yeah it's Adam five yeah, track. yeah yeah so the idea would have been there there would have been five tracks released and there was like different portraits of each member and it would have been this was for this track but uh, unfortunately like the way things went last year we were like right can't really be doing yeah it, there was it, the release plans obviously changed so it just became a thing of um yeah, yeah. cracking on with the album artwork so unfortunately you didn't get to do five or six different different pictures but we loved the one that you did anyway so worked out yeah, thanks very much well i was very yeah ah no problem at all um yeah like it must be weird releasing an album over the course of this whole thing like um not being able to even just do a gig to promote it or anything it was I still received unusual. very well though. yeah it was it was unusual it was really uh, well uh, even like to get back to your original thing with the process, it was um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We it, it was it was written over such a long period of time. Like their songs were like City of Wolves, uh, that was like one of our first songs, and uh, Waiting Up as well. And Indigo's on it as well. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah. And and uh, Disciples as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was it was very much like an evolving project, I think, between us all. And um, it was the uh, we I always like to think that the album was aging with us and like growing uh, with us uh we just had to put a final thing on it at the end but um it, it was just unfortunate that we couldn't do any gigs because we had like plans of doing like shows around ireland and hopefully in london as well and yeah because like I th- like um just for context like ryan is living in edinburgh and uh, mccabe's living in london so uh there was kind of like without uh without being concrete there was kind of like stuff in motion about hopefully getting over to the UK and doing stuff there as well, but just didn't quite happen in the end, unfortunately. Um, but I think for, I guess, um, from the process point of view, I kind of, there's a load of little things, I suppose, internally that I like about the process. So like we have the older stuff like city of wolves, but, um, maybe a, a newer version of it, but then it's like, um, there's, there's songs that, um, there's songs that were written a lot later that still kind of tie in. So like um, when we start, like for a while, we were when we were doing City Wolves Live at shows, we do like a little kind of interlude, eh, a little prelude, I should say, where um, where um, we'd kind of just have it spacey with no drums and just do a kind of backing vocals and uh, let Ryan sing the chorus parts and then we'd kick into the track. So um, we wanted to record a bit like that for the album and we did record that and then we ended up changing it because um, there's a song on there called What We Leave Behind Us and the end of What We Leave Behind Us yeah. runs quite, like it would run nicely into the little extra City Wolves bit and then that would lead into the City Wolves track. So I, d- I liked how there's like stuff that was maybe written three or four years apart that still kind of tie in together. Mm. Um, then even little things like, as Ryan said, it kind of grew with, grew with us. Um, like there's... McCabe has a degree in music production and um, he's been doing a lot of mixing over the last few years and it's just great that, oh, um, that yeah yeah so it's just great that he he actually mixed like probably three or four f- four tracks maybe on the album um, so it's just cool that like little thing like it would have been nice to have gotten an album out two years ago or whatever but um, it's nice that he like that that got to happen as well Um yeah, so there's more like there's, a personal there's... touch on it too, and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's loads of little things, and well, that might mean much 
kind of outside the band on a personal level that's it's always nice um mm. it's in terms of releasing it in the year that last year was um it's yeah it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pain really to be honest that there was no gigs there's no there's no beating around the bush with it but at the same time like it gets to a point where you're kind of like you don't see the point in really waiting or holding off um especially now that there's still not really uh yeah. there's still not a, a, a definitive end in sight so it's kind of like what what are you sitting on for really um so i'm like i'm glad we did release it but um as you said it definitely would have been cool to have done a few gigs around it oh yeah and on top of that so like i i still like the idea of the uh the album name it ties in so well with the year that it was <laughs> yeah, released yeah. <laughs> and it's it, 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 i i think we weird coincidence yeah yeah, like we, we, I, I've been like wanting to name like an EP or an album, something like that since Indigo was released as well. So like, it was late 2017. <laughs> so it was just funny that it came out like that. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, holding yeah. out for horrors and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like what would be, yeah, I was just like, what would be like your favorite songs on it? Because like I know for mine, for sure, like I love Inferno and um, What We Leave oh, Behind cool. would be the two ones oh, that I you. just, yeah, yeah. I was, I, do you know, I was actually, I was listening to it today and I was like, this album is just amazing. Obviously I've listened to it before, but like oh, just to remind man. myself today, I was like, I'm going to be interviewing, going to be interviewing by Curious. And it was like from start to finish, it's not by Curious. Jesus, already interviewed by Curious. Brass I Phantoms. saw actually, yeah, <laughs> so I was like, Fuck me. actually uh, before we go into yeah, the, yeah. the, the, I just saw the graphic for the by Curious one and uh, it's, a, it's a real, real sweet looking uh that you had up on Instagram by the way it's very nice oh geez thank you very much yeah I I literally I don't I was just like because because it's an art, like it's called where art. That I was like, I'm gonna. I I decided I was gonna paint, do a painting of every single person that comes on, and then I was talking oh, wow. with my friend Hugo, and he goes, "Do you know how?" He goes, "Do you know how much extra work that is?" And he goes, "You're mixing it already <laughs> by yourself." He goes, "That's." He goes, "That's insane." He goes, "That's an insane undertaking to take when you're gonna be doing this every week." And I was, I was, I was like, I was like, "You'll probably be fine." And then I only finished the bicurious one this morning, and just and I was just like. Uh, Ah oh, balls! This is this is this is so uh, yeah, you much work. Like you said, yeah. and you set you set a, you set a precedent now that you kind of have to keep it going as well. So, uh, <laughs> but um, that's a tough one. Well, thank um, you. Yeah, I, that's deadly that you listened to the album today. But thank you very much. I think um, I don't know, Ryan. No, like I'm listening. Obviously, uh, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, but thank sorry. you very much, even for for yeah, listening yeah. again. Oh it yeah, still, yeah, still means a lot. So thank you, Cashel. What are your favorites? Uh, I think I. Legal Fiction is probably one of my favorites on there. I really, um, it was a really fun song to write, and um, it's a shame we never got to actually play it live either. It was, I think, that and what we leave well, behind. We still is... get to play it live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so... What we leave behind. Colin's vocals on it are amazing on it. Just the, with your vocals as well, it's just a gorgeous duet. Yeah, I, I have a, I, it, I always find if I want to re-listen to a song on the album, I, I usually go back to what we leave behind us. Um, just when, when how it's structured and the story i just love the the flow and the the rhythm too and the changes as well it's it's a very impactful song and um yeah i was, I was happy with how it came out in the end so yeah i'd probably say like legal fiction or what we leave behind us i think uh i've got it like for me it would change i've um i have a soft spot for hurricane just because i think um i just think we captured mm. what i had envisaged but we did it like i just think that we kind of we got something cool with it um I've always, and then waiting up, like I think that's still like if I'm talking to someone 
just maybe not even like a close friend someone randomly they'll still kind of throw away no but i kind of get that i think that's um i would say there's a reason why that would be our most kind of listened to song but uh and even just going back i remember um i remember myself and ryan been up in like sitting in james's bedroom and ryan had like sent on i think three different like really rough demos and it was just you doing vocals over a bass guitar and um i think out of the three you and james were kind of like you kind of thought waiting up had maybe the least potential and then i remember just been like oh interesting and i just i loved the just the hook of just kind of the way you were singing waiting up and it was like nothing like the same rhythm but i just really liked it it caught my ear and then i was kind of like okay but like what if we did it this way and i started kind of strumming the weird guitar pattern and i think you picked up the bass and then james started doing it and it just kind of it came together like that and then we had it down like so fast with um with mccabe on the drums when we rehearsed it and then also like the first time i actually met colleen was when she came into the studio to do some backing vocals on waiting up so i think just in terms of um like i just love that that became the song that a lot of people know as well yeah um yeah. i'll never forget the first practice of that because um it only ever happened twice uh city wolves and waiting up where we had the song and we didn't play it all together it was uh at, 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 like up to this point we just knew the parts and uh we just all went into waiting up and it just like worked straight away like uh, mccabe just knew exactly what to do on the drums we uh myself greg and uh, james because colleen wasn't in the band yet uh already knew the parts and it just like there was so much energy off it I think it was it was in the it was in that old rehearsal studio um over in Smithfield. I think it's not K, yeah, 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 four yeah. K. <laughs> I was so deaf coming out of that place every time. <laughs> um, also, I remember that that night when we were in James's and we kind of wrote waiting up. Uh, live videos were like a brand new thing on Facebook. Like the, at the time that no one was really doing live videos, and it was like oh, yeah. one it was one of the first times I think it was like um a post came up on James's newsfeed of like. Uh, one of the first times that a news company in America had done a Facebook live video of like a high speed car chase. So we were just like, we went from like, we were like midway through writing this song and then like that came up and it was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is right and then we just watched this dude like driving away from the cops for, I don't know, like he was fucking... 30 40 minutes of just like yeah, come we, on we, <laughs> and after the end of that like we watched this for like a half an hour just be like oh get him get him get him and we were like exhausted just a we guy driving a car we, we need to go for a walk we need to... <laughs> yeah. yeah but then it was like i because like you'd never you'd never see that on the news here at all or anything so i've ne never seen a live chase and then um yeah just swarms of cars going after this guy it was funny so yeah <laughs> So wait, you for, were just for, huddled. For, well, you just huddled around a phone, just shouting, "Go on, go on, go on!" The whole time. I was on a laptop. laptop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. like a modern day OJ Simpson drive thing. White Bronco, I think. Yeah. Did they get? They, I'm assuming they got him in the end. Did they? I think so. Yeah, I think he stood down after a while. After his, after he came to the second barrier, a cop car in the field. <laughs> <But>, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it ended happily, as far as we, as far as you know. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to it's knock a conversation off. Hey, it's being, it's being, it's being kept in. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's why I love waiting up. <laughs> <laughs>
Also, I really like something <laughs> automatic, by the way. I think that's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally like I'm not just saying this because I have you here. There's not a bad song on it. It's a really, really good. It's a really, oh, really, really good solid oh, album. And like, which really leads to my that. next question was was, oh well, like I genuinely mean it because what I was wondering what the next question was, even listening to today, you can hear what I love. What I what I always find in a good album when I'm listening to it is I love an album that all the songs sound different, but they still sound like they're still part of the same album. If that makes sense, and like all the songs do, but there's so many different styles going on on that album that you made. And I was just wondering like, what, what were the main kind of influences that you were listening to or maybe reading or looking at while you were actually making it? Cause I know it was a long process of making the album. I'm glad that you said, uh, I love that you said reading because Ryan would be, uh, Ryan's lyrics wouldn't just be like kind of songwriting. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, which well, is I cool remember actually meeting that. you Ryan at a pub. But I remember meeting Ryan at a pub and he was talking about Leonard Cohen and with with himself and Zach. And you weren't talking about how well Leonard Cohen sings, whatever. You were just going on and on and on about how beautiful his lyrics are for ages, which I thought was gorgeous. Like like you were talking about the song, but in in the sense of the lyrics, which is, I think, something like people. I don't know if people like lyrics, you know, are. I'm trying to think of what I was going to say and I completely forgot. Uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, process <laughs> or no influences. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, I, lost my complete train of thought there. Uh, thanks uh, for that. Yeah, no, um, it, it's always been one thing. Like, um, I, 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 I've always played the bass in Brass Phantoms, but I've always enjoyed my my favorite bit has always been writing lyrics. And I, I even when you take even someone like Leonard Cohen, I've always just loved his how he pronunciates his pronunciation, like his his cadence. Like it's it, like the beautiful mm. flow to his words. Like it, it's, you can sort of get mushed around. There's always this conversation about like vocals, like, oh, he's a shit singer. It's all this sort of stuff. Um, you can even make an example with like Girl Band where it's not really lyrical based, but the emotion is more yeah. making up for any the lyrics. It's the, the fl- flow as well. So um, yeah, like, actually Leonard Cohen's a pretty big influence. I'm a massive fan of David Byrne as well from Talking Heads. I think Oh, okay. Greg yeah. as well. I think Talking Heads. I think I think like <clears throat> like any band, like its own. It's a like everyone's got their own kind of individual ones. I think Talking Heads are like kind of a one of the shared influence. Like they they'd be kind of a collective influence for probably everyone in the band a bit. Um, obviously, I think uh, for the last few years, uh, I don't know. I've always I've always loved um, how uh, that band from like the seventies and eighties had the Cars did. Uh, the guitars and keys, key parts together, um, then um, I don't know. Like I guess there's a lot of um, for me. Like I I I kind of see things in different tracks. Like even on, on disciples, even though it's like it's probably um, it probably is a more kind of echoey sound or more kind of like open it wouldn't be it wouldn't sound as tight I've, i even find like there's a little bit of kind of bombay bicycle club in there um for what we did behind us i think there's when it goes into the chorus when you and colleen are singing together i and like there's even it's like um i don't know i feel like a groovy funky kind of song went into a kind of national chorus that kind of thing um so there's i guess there's a lot of different sounds in there um hurricane obviously has some war on drugsy sounds in there uh so i guess there's a lot of kind of modern modern bands but then there's some more old school stuff as well um 
but then like if I talk if I talk to James about it, James is kind of pop and R and B influence these days. Um, McCabe would be the same on drums. Like he'd try and kind of change the rhythm pattern from your kind of typical rock song to something that is a little more in a hip hop vein as well. That comes out the odd time in the album. Yeah, not a whole lot maybe, but occasionally. What we leave behind, he does a really interesting thing with the drums the whole time with it. I thought it was I thought his drumming on that was amazing. Yeah, I think that's that's but, uh, and then that's Colin, Colin he, would be a big. Sorry, go on. Apologies. Well, just like no, you're good. I think what we what we did like uh, he came in, so he McCabe actually wrote the the two, uh, like the intro guitar parts for what we leave behind us. Um, so he just brought those uh, in, oh, like okay. the kind of. So he had those two parts, and he was just getting me and James to play them, and then he started doing the drums together. So obviously he'd be better for us to say it himself, but I assume he kind of had something in his mind that said these two guitars with this drum beat, um, and then the chorus we kind of wrote together in the in the room um pretty much the same day i think so it's just so like i'm i i guess that that i'm not even sure what influence he'd, he'd kind of throw out there but he obviously just something clicked in his brain there yeah I, I, he was there was definitely like i don't know like a parliament influence so he, I, he was messing around with funk at the time or something because he 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 gave me the baseline as well for the intro and the uh the oh, okay yeah 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 of course yeah, yeah. So he messed around a lot of that, but it was so it was so like clicky when uh, we were jamming out yeah. for the first time as well. Like it was just such a an energy too. And then yeah, I, remember, I always get the impression it's like it was like you guys do this with your instruments. I'm gonna wail away on my drums for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'll never forget. I can't remember. I think I went off to the toilet or something, or made myself a cup of tea, or and I came back and you and McCabe were sitting on the ground. We we're like, oh, we have a key change. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and we did have a key change. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I guess kind of like my, my next question would be like, um, do, uh, like what, uh, ooh, I'm trying to think. What would you say, would you, do you think Brass Phantoms have in store now for 2021 or 2022? Like what, what kind of do you think is the next jump, jumping point from the album? Um, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to say, um, especially with, you know, the guy's been abroad um, and then just kind of uncertainty about, I suppose, everyone's what everyone's plans are. Um, I, I know everyone has probably, everyone has written individually. Um, and Colleen's studying for like um, a music media tech master's in at the moment. Oh, cool. um, McCabe sent me on a track that he has like his own song, like, completely his but he's just like get me to check like listen to the mix of it and everything so he's got stuff in store um i know ryan's been doing stuff over in edinburgh james has his own project and i've kind of got my own stuff as well so there's a lot like it'll be it'll um, like given the circumstances it'll probably be a little bit individual for a while but that's not to say there's not a a couple of gigs in store next year maybe who knows and uh, one thing i've noticed as well even I haven't, uh, I'm not too sure I've heard anything that you're working on, Greg, but even from working, to listen to James, like, um, there's there's still the, the the essence of, like, what we would have been doing in practices that would have been, like, the Brass Phantom sound. So they sort of, it's what we all give into the band is sort of going into its own little separate ways for the moment. So hopefully we can come back and congregate and do something in the future. 100% and I mean like there's no like it's, it's all it's all good like I I, I play some guitar on um, one of James's songs Colleen is 
doing some kind of vocal stuff for some stuff I have as well. So um, we're all working together. I don't know if it's under the... So basically, like, Brass Phantoms is this, like, giant, massive uh, corporation thing, and we're all little, we're, we're little sub-brands who... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like a cult. Basically. Well, it's good that you're keeping... It's good that you're keeping busy because like I've been saying now, like this is this is the th- I've been saying this constantly. I don't know what it was, but at the beginning of quarantine, I felt completely sucked out of actually trying to do anything creative. I found it really hard to do like anything remotely creative at all. I was wondering, like the Jews have any of that kind of stuff or the Jews just basically just go hop on and just work consistently on stuff? Uh, for a while, it took a while to, um, to ease in, I think. Like I, yeah. I, I it, it was weird. I um, I was sort of planning on moving to Edinburgh early April, late March. And um, it came to the start of March and uh, obviously things were starting to look like uh everything was about to lock down so I was like oh shit so I got yeah. on the flight like I booked a flight for the 23rd of March and uh got on that flight and it was while I was in midair Boris Johnson was saying and the country is under lockdown <laughs> so I landed straight <laughs> oh, in what really <laughs> I literally just jumped over the fence <laughs> and got in so like I'll I never pretty... forget I'll never forget like that lockdown bit announced and me knowing you're in there just like shit Ryan's on a flight right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but like, it, oh. I, I was pretty preoccupied, uh, like, because uh, my girlfriend and I were like trying to move into a new flat. So, like, I was trying to figure out how to get our stuff when the entire country is locked down into a new flat. And yeah, that was Jesus. keeping us busy for maybe like a month or two. And then the lockdown fell in. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, for me, I think, I, Greg, found, I like, think the last time I. Oh, sorry. No, I right. there's a delay in Zoom. Sorry. No, yeah, no, no, no. no go on. Started, I was just going to say the last time. The, the last time no no it's it's fine but like uh it's just that's just zoom but i remember the last time i actually saw you was i think you were coming from work and i was just leaving work to go on lunch and we were talking about how we we don't think that we'll be in work in the next week because things are just going to go shut down completely like that was the last time i saw you and then a week later everything did yeah i remember was that on because you, you were in the you're on abbey street right i was on abbey street yeah yeah yeah, yeah i remember um the, so for me, it, it kind of happened like getting into the, I suppose, creative stuff um, or writing really. Uh, that It happened kind of quickly because um, I initially, like going back to before any of this was an issue, um, I had some kind of song ideas that I'd never, like I, I was kind of working a fair bit, like just kind of a bit sort of mad areas um, before lockdowns and everything. So I kind of, once lockdown hit, I went from kind of working all the time to not working. So then I had these song mm. ideas that um hadn't been hadn't been worked on. That I was like, okay, now I've what I thought was going to be <laughs> or what I hoped was like, okay, I have a few weeks to work on these. So um, kind of for for April, April and May, I I actually like wrote and demoed a load of stuff last year. Uh, some of it I'm kind of, some of it I still plan to use, some of it I probably scrapped. Um, and then since those two months, it's kind of come in waves. Like the last few weeks have actually been pretty good. Like I was working on stuff um, in the last few days. I'm actually doing like a diploma in music production right now. Just kind of, it's filling oh, the time, sweet. but it's also, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's, it's only like, I only have class like one day a week, but um obviously we're not on site so they've given everyone like pro tools software just like kind of industry standard mixing software bit of recording software yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much so um i have that and just um 
so it's there's um i've I've definitely like i've been learning constantly from that for the last couple of months but uh in terms of actually writing and getting into that mindset i've definitely find it's coming in waves like there's a couple of weeks where i'll be kind of like kicking myself that i didn't do anything and then in a few days i'll like oh i have some ideas that i really like and kind of want to run with yeah i i i'd be the kind of the same like i have these days where like i'll I'll come up and just do a ton of work and be absolutely delighted and then get up the next day and be ready and to to kind of finish off the same amount of work and then for some reason it's just gone it's just i think it's the whole thing like i have to go to go for a walk or something just sitting in my room the whole time just does not help whatsoever it's just better actually focusing on stuff i actually bought well sorry no no i was just gonna say i actually had to i bought a book um for it's called you're an artist and it's about it gives you exercises to get back into getting creative and oh. um it drove me absolutely oh. insane it worked but it drove me insane it reminded it just reminded me when i was back in school like but it's all about like yeah. like one of them was a go out to a park and draw the floor and then draw the floor like 60 times and but in different i was just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> but i did it like but it's still just yeah <laughs> but it's great like i mean like, it helps as as much as this as the whole thing sucks like I, like it's it's really cool to see the likes of yourself kind of cracking into a podcast now you know um not to say you wouldn't yeah because yeah, i, I wouldn't have been like, able to do that well i wouldn't have been able to do this any other time i talked about doing this for at least four years um yeah like when i said it to well, yeah and i just for whatever reason just always thought of a reason to put it off and then I was just like, you're at home. You can record it from your bedroom. You have the you have the facilities to do it. All you need to do is buy a microphone, um, and and happy 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 days. Like I was able to do yeah. it, but for I put it off for ages. And then it was just one of these things where I was just like, have to sit down and do something creative. Otherwise, I'm gonna go mad. Like, but like it, at the same time, it's kind of it's it's worked out. And like I, again, like not hard to look on the bright side of all this. It's, but at the same time, it's it's I do kind of love the way you've done it. That um, like you've kind of built plenty of relationships around Dublin. Anyway, I'm not sure about beyond, but just like, yeah, like yeah. so many people, like I'm sure I'm sure in the kind of art community and graphic design world, but like definitely in the music side of things, and like the amount of people you've done artwork for as well. So like in terms of uh, it, it just it be, seems like a, it's I think definitely it a good, good time. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's fair play. Oh, no, it's there's not a better time, not a better time to. Explain. Oh well, thank you so much. Well, hopefully I can get like, um, obviously it's amazing getting yourselves on. Um, just trying to, hopefully get a few more. Like, but it's 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 an it's a nerves thing as well. Like when I go into these, like yeah, um, you'll hear you might you'll hear maybe by Curious's episode. I was so nervous about it, but now like I just I've done one other episode. I can't say who it is, but um, cool. that that'll be out next week. But like the difference in getting used to it took a while, but I, I hopefully now it'll be become a regular thing. hundred percent. But I like it. Like you're starting something new. Like it would be, it would be weird if you didn't have nerves, I suppose, you know? Yeah. yeah. Actually, like well. what, what, what was your, uh, what was your reaction for the first time you went live at a gig? Actually, how did that go? Oh, that like was very, the, very first gig. the point, wasn't it? Not the point point, but the, the point. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the pint, the, 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 that's now the, the bar that's like the width of my bedroom, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a really cool venue now. Uh, they've done the venue up very it's well. It's a class venue but now, the, but uh, I've never seen, yeah. seen Zach play there years ago. Um, and yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah, but so like, how did it go? Like, was it, was it, I, a, good, like, I was it a good first we experience? Went, or? We went well, on I think, stage. And, like, I remember coming off and I was like, well, that is very much out of the way. <laughs> 
I think I think for me, like just going back to when I was sixteen, maybe fifteen, I can't remember, like I'd probably played there and I knew going in like probably three or four years later, age eighteen or whatever, I'm like, okay, this gig I'm it's definitely not gonna be as bad as the ones I did when I was fifteen. So um <laughs> uh that kind of helped. Um but I mean like I don't know, it, it would be so weird. It's so long since we've done a gig now that I'm I'm like sometimes have a thought in my head it's like what would it be like playing a gig today like would i like but um i'd, I'd hope okay i'm but sure I can't it's like, <laughs> yeah i'm sure it will go well yeah um, Do you know it was funny, it's even, funny think, even listening to like and i got no sorry we're just gonna say well i think mag. like um <laughs> yeah it's all good man i think like there's um it, it there's definitely like different types of gigs kind of have different types of nerves like uh we did the tour supporting del Rentos and i remember like oh shit yeah like they were, they did, like they'll sell out wherever the plane around the country. So like the first show was in Cork. Yeah. I just kind of remember being like a little bit, I don't want to say afraid, but apprehensive that um, because we 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 had just written Inferno from the album when we were doing that tour, and we like we really it was like okay, we've got like a full room here and really want to play it live, but then we're also kind of like, ah, oh, is it is it suitable for the show? Like it might it might be a great song to play. But they're like, okay, like, fuck it, let's give it a go the first night. If it's good, we'll do it second night. If it's not good, we won't do it again, kind of thing. And and like, um, so you kind of have to reason with yourself and make the call. And then, fortunately, people really dug it. So I was like, cool, that's gonna stay on the set list. Yeah. So, um, like, all different kinds of nerves, uh, for different kinds of shows. That must be an amazing feeling testing out songs and seeing people react positively to it. I can only imagine it just being like, but when you're playing as well, it's going, it's, oh. it's really <laughs> the best. Yeah, or like I remember like one yeah, of the, one of those is, shows. Yeah. One of those shows, I remember, like, um, my older brother's an Arsenal fan, and he, like, he was following some Arsenal fan page on Twitter or something like that, and some someone, like, they didn't even tag us, but they just had a screen, a picture up from, like, a packed Wheelands. It was just like, oh, Brass Phantoms are glass, but my brother sent me the screenshot, and I was kind of like, that's so cool that oh, some random class. person that you're following has just kind of seen us and enjoyed it. Like, so I've Senior, always, yeah, yeah, that's always, like, it's so, yeah, that's the best. Yeah, I remember um, when we played uh, Mondo for the first time in New York uh, we got like we got funding and stuff to, to play this festival over in New York City it was really cool and we were playing this show in a, a bar called Niagara uh, that our friend Max a New Yorker dude crazy legend uh, that he is um, that we love him there uh, he's a really cool guy and he really helped us out a lot and um, he got us this gig in Niagara and I remember going on stage and the first time in New York we were just off the plane jet lag we had to like rush all of our gear and we met him there briefly and he was outside and we were like we were like oh this is crazy and he was like yeah we'll we'll do like the hellos in the moment you were like 30 minutes late <laughs> run in. oh what and, like, we oh the- shit <laughs> <laughs> like we put all of our gear on stage and stuff and i turned around on the stage and there's a plaque and it was like in the early uh, 1980s to 1990s these are all the acts that played this venue and it's like bad brains it's like uh beastie boys oh, and I, I was like that was a pretty cool moment um as well like you, that's you an amazing the, moment yeah thankfully we didn't have time was, was to this be nervous the, there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i suppose you're just kind of uh fight or flight when you get into that situation a little bit yeah for was sure. that was that the was that the wasn't that part just off Times square was there, oh, one, that was the one of the, there was no it was off oh, the no. aim oh right okay yeah there was one yeah, on, there was the, near the empire state building i think wasn't it 
it, like it? I'm trying to think. I think if one of the venues we played was the Barry Electric, and I feel like uh, if you walked out, if you walked out of that venue and just kind of turned, you'd pretty much see uh, the Empire State Building. But yeah. I'm trying to think. They were they were very close together now, so maybe it was. It might have been there. I can't actually I can't remember. Like, I, I, I do have a memory of like being outside uh, Barry Electric, and like our name was up on the board, and I remember just turning, and it was Empire State Building, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, pretty that was, cool." That was very, <laughs> yeah, very that's amazing. That's right, yeah. yeah, and it must be amazing, like, to be in like a different a different city uh, that's not even like obviously not home like not even Irish and then just people like people reacting to it in a really really positive way because I remember you telling me that the, the gigs in the, the states went really really well like people, people I think really one of them like this. one of them uh, like I I much preferred when we went back the second year even though we, we didn't we only had the one gig that year I just thought that was like a much better gig I thought we were better I thought the, I thought the crowd was like a little more receptive. There was kind of maybe more, uh, more people there, and uh, some of the bands you're playing were were great. But um, the the ones the first year were, were were obviously really fun as well. I think the ones I maybe struggled with a couple of a couple of the UK ones that we did, um, because just like um, I remember going the se- like I think it was the second time we went over to to do a gig in London, and um, just been kind of ha- had our hopes up and we had like these i don't know what you'd call them I-, I suppose a scout for a pretty good live agent coming down stuff like that and we were okay, the, the, yeah, the gig yeah. the gig was been run by um a pretty good promoter over there and then we had some friends that were coming as well and then it just didn't quite work out that the promoter i don't know was he sidetracked at another gig or whatever but um didn't really didn't draw much of a crowd and obviously like there's we're not going to be bringing a like a hell of a lot of people in london barring kind of friends and friends of friends and stuff like that so it, it just kind of it just didn't go our way and uh i think like there's there's some ones that you kind of look back on like that that were kind of a bit of a pain and and there's the feeling of like damn we kind of came over for that but like what can you do but it's you kind of have to enjoy the fact that you're there with well, in our case, it was always people that you loved. You were overdoing it, and in some cities, you got to see friends and that. So, it was always kind of like uh, there's definitely like a kind of when 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 a gig goes well, then you kind of have that oh shit, this just went well in a different city feeling for sure. And um, like I'm I'm a I'm a Leeds supporter, so I remember we were doing a gig in Leeds, and it was like the weirdest venue. It was like uh, it it. it I don't even know how you describe it, Ryan. It was like in, it was in like this, you know, the way they have like those kind of big art, like kind of like a George's arcade, but a bigger yeah. version of that kind of yeah. like it was in one of them. Oh, and it was in a bar okay. that kind of. It was like a Gypsy Rose of, venue. <laughs> a little bit like that, actually. Yeah. It was like if you could imagine a bigger version of that. So we, we, we go into that and it kind of undercuts that. And uh, they're like, okay, the gig's upstairs. And we're like, ah, oh, shit, this ain't going to be good. And then uh, we went up and it was actually the sound was great there was people there um and it was just it was just really fun so some of the ones here kind of like oh damn this is this ain't gonna this ain't our night and <laughs> uh, they work out really well and then uh, oh that leads that leads that leads and it was great because i think there was like a metal band there was like a funk band and then there was a folk singer and then us yeah, yeah. like there was loads of people everyone stayed for all the acts and like there was like there was there was always like twenty to thirty people in this small room like watching the and like they were getting involved. It was a great night in the end, 
and Leeds was such a like that's a, a class great place. So that's just gotta say it's like it's just been in a city that I, I love that city. So it's kind of like just like good night after kind of buzz. But um, so there's some that definitely you kind of look back fondly on as well. Yeah, I remember as well. Um, there was uh, the first time we played in London was in Dublin Castle as well, and it was really I, cool. I you, loved that. I loved that night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was cool to be in a venue there's where a like called a band Dublin Castle started. in London. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's just in Camden Town. And oh, it's a hugely influential venue. Like uh, the Madness made it famous originally, and then in the early nineties, oh, wow. you had like Amy Winehouse, uh, the Libertines, like all those bands playing it and stuff. It was really cool to end up being on the same stage as some of these artists yeah, who would yeah. have played at one stage. Yeah, yeah. Ma- Madness was like the second gig that I ever went to, and my dad brought me to them when I was seven, I think. And oh wow. I don't think he re- I don't think he re- it was in the point when the point but I don't think he realized or he must have just forgotten that madness gigs are notoriously massive piss ups like the crowd get very very <laughs> drunk and I was like I mean like really drunk they're insane their gigs are insane and I remember um going I must have been 8 actually because my first my first ever gig was Britney Spears on her toxic tour and then Amazing. the second one was madness but I but I rem- I know, yeah, it was fantastic. But I remember my sister being really young. She thinks she must have been like two or three. And we were really, and, mo- and my mom wasn't with us. And the first thing I saw when we went through the door, because we were, again, we were seating for it. We weren't going to be standing at it. But the first thing that we went was a guy in his underwear with his trousers pulled down around his pants with two pints in his hand, oh. just dancing around, <laughs> shouting baggy trousers. And just spilling, spilling beer all over him. I, I'll never forget it. I'm being like, because you know, like what you're like eight years of age, you've seen somebody drunk, like I'd seen somebody drunk for the first time. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and then, and then you get in and we're sitting, and we're, madness are fantastic, but all you can see is this crowd. Just if you just anywhere you put your eye, it's somebody doing something fucking crazy, like in the crowd. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Not a like gig you take, a, take an eight year old to. You went to see when no. you were 12, did you? Uh, 2000, uh, 2012. What? And uh, like, oh, I, 2012. Just remember, I remember there being like this massive mosh pit. And everyone just like kicking yeah, yeah. each other. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, and then they started playing, it must be love. And all of a sudden I see this like six foot five skinhead coming over to me. And I was like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he just grabs me and he's like, it must be love, love, love. That's amazing. I, I sprinted, sprinted. Actually, I'm, I'm going to, so, I'm going to yeah. kind of, I'm going to do what I do and half sidetrack for a second. You Just you mentioning Britney yeah, Spears' Toxic reminded me. We once did. And Ryan, I I, I was on to McCabe last week about uh, just on a call. On a, and um, we were talking about a time the Brass Phantoms did an acoustic cover of Toxic by Britney Spears. No! Now, I, 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 why are you looking so glum, man? No, I... I, I I don't have For anybody who can't, well, can't see because it's audio, it. Ryan's gone bright red. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the file anywhere, but Ryan's girlfriend, Becky, was, um, it was like a project she was doing. So she was filming it. So I meant to, I, I should have texted you this before saying it on this. But um, does she have the file? Because I'd love to hear it back. Yeah. So, like, to give like a little bit of backstory. So, yeah, Becky was uh, studying film in DIT and she had to put on like a game show. So there was like a few bands playing at this and like it was like a prize thing. We had to do a cover and I think Becky picked Toxic for us or we picked Toxic or no, we, we definitely wouldn't have picked Toxic. 
I, as I said, don't blame Becky. You definitely it. picked it. <laughs> but it was an absolute disaster because, like, we oh, practiced it. Maybe it was. I, no, no, we we practiced that for like three weeks, and then when it came to when the films when it started filming, what? Did we? I thought it was like a day before kind of thing. I I don't remember this well at all. Yes, yeah, so I remember. I remember like I had like I'm really bad at remembering lyrics for everything. So I on stage, I'd always be like, I'd always make up my own lyrics on stage, and no one ever notices, or at least no one. Everyone's polite enough to not mention it, but um, <laughs> not call you on it. But yeah, like, but we were, we were recording Toxic and like at the very start, I was like, okay, <laughs> the first line is this, the first line is this. And then we strum and I'm like, what's, what's, what, what is this song? I was like, I couldn't remember any of it. And the filming was happening. I was like looking around. I was like, oh no. So I just jumped in from like the third line. And I was like, this is horrible. Oh man, I, now oh, I really Jesus. want to see it. I can't remember that. Actually, that's funny. I remember like there was sometimes, um, Sometimes when we were on the radio doing like those acoustic things, Ryan would have like have to write the lyrics in front of himself. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very weird quality to have not be able to remember lyrics as the front man. <laughs> I think it was, like, it, was, it, was, it was like it was the problem was like amplified in those acoustic settings. I think though it was like yeah, it was kind of like uh, oh shit, I got to be like you know it's softer vocals now. They're going to be listening to what I say now. I. Now I gotta say it. <laughs> yeah, I had to get better when we were, we started playing dials and stuff. I was like, I have to know the words that the song. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, oh, I remember yeah. what was an absolute shit show was uh, doing the two FM sessions, and um, we were doing a cover of "This Must Be the Place" by Talking Heads, and we did Disciples. But like, I just could not remember the order of the lyrics for "This Must Be the Place," and I oh, was trying to play the bit. But you got it though. Yeah, I did get it. I got it in the end, but I remember every now and again, it was like, home? Oh, no, it's not home. It's something else. <laughs> it's, it's like, home is like five lines away. <laughs> <laughs> but the, those Ruby sessions can be, like, I've I've been at them and just seen the artist because you can hear, like, a pin drop. It's, it's I can imagine just not, the, the, the dread of not remembering, because everybody is listening with bated breath onto everything that you're saying. I can only imagine it's absolutely Yeah, so quiet, yeah. I loved, I, I loved that, though, because I was, I was, when, when when we when I loved doing that like Ruby session stuff because like we're we're um definitely at one point we were like too loud of a band on stage and stuff so like um mm. well, like probably turned down eventually but um when we were doing the acoustic things it was like just it was such a different audience uh, a lot of the time and it was kind of like it was just a challenge to kind of bring songs that like uh, we try and make as big as as big sounding as possible to kind of just a more stripped back version and then kind of maybe put a lot more pressure on ourselves with like vocal harmonies and stuff i i used to love doing those yeah i had a great fun no i th- I, th- I think the ruby sessions is brilliant like but it's funny that you mentioned being too loud because the fr- the i remember going to the ruby sessions and it was the first time seeing other kin and oh, seeing them right. do an acoustic set and I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. And uh, Niall the whole time, Niall Donnelly from Monkey was sitting there going, yeah, this isn't what they normally sound like. This is weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he goes, he go, I was like, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, they're normally really loud. And I was just like, this is cool though. He goes, no, no, this is, he goes, this is amazing. But he goes, they're normally really loud. And uh, then I saw them properly. I saw them like what they're actually like. And you have your know, man jumping into the crowd, singing with the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, and then, oh uh, yeah, very different. Yeah. The Ruby Sessions is a very different vibe. I got, I got nearly got sure. kicked out of it once actually, because 
I couldn't stop laughing for one for one particular period, and your man oh, no. get out. <laughs> oh, it was very awkward. It was like it was like no, he didn't. No, he didn't kick me out. But he goes one more. He goes one more, and you're gone. And I because uh, but I ha- I kept turning my head around to look at Niall behind me, and I, uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, "Fucking sit forward." Your man is apparently glaring at me the whole time. I was completely oblivious to it. The host is crazy. He's a, a, a lovely guy. Um, I don't know whether he was the guy who kicked you out, but I remember when we played uh, Ruby Sessions, he came in, he was like, okay, quick fire me facts, 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 facts. And he would like say like all this information, like, oh, we're doing this. He was like, yeah, do it. And then he'd be like, going on to, to a room. He's like, remember this, remember this, remember this, talking to himself. And then he's just like, okay, I'm ready. And he just opens the curtains as if he's just on speed or something. He's, uh, he's such a great <laughs> presenter. <laughs> that's amazing so he just like he just gets the facts on the day and then just goes in and just yeah it just goes with it yeah lights camera action that's class and he just ad-libs it like improvises on the night like so it's really impressive so i just like uh just to bring it all back to kind of the whole thing of who art though my final question for you would be uh what do you enjoy most about actually being artists and creating stuff like what do you think is the what do you what did you enjoy most about it it's something yeah i guess um it's something that i don't i don't even i didn't realize until i don't want to just say the last year because it probably goes back a little bit longer but just kind of like um how much i didn't realize kind of how much you kind of learning and, and i don't want to say grow with it, it sounds super cliched but like how much you kind of just kind of develop with it and i've kind of even noticed in the last uh couple of years just taking influences from things outside of music and bringing it in so like um could be from from comedy or some form of commentary or a book and just really bringing that into uh anything i've kind of been writing myself so i just kind of love that kind of uh rule free like able to do something that you like and that you hope other people will like um that would be the first thing I'd say, but I probably have, I could probably think of more while I'm going to pass the torch to Ryan for a moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I I always found um, when writing, it was always like, a, especially when in a band, it, it was like this like nice communal element to it. Um, you really felt like you connected to people in a way you wouldn't like over a pint or something with a group of friends or something. Mm-hmm. There was a real intimacy to it. And on top of that, I always felt when writing lyrics, if, if I was thinking about something, if I had it written down for lyrics or in a song, it sort of eased trying to think about it as well. Or even if it was just issues or something relating to the world, if I put it out into words, it meant like, okay, well, that's that there now. And if I want to revisit it, it's now in a, a finished piece and I can listen to it. Yeah. So it, there's there's a nice like healing uh, cathartic nature to it. And um yeah, I'd, I'd say the yeah the healing nature of music is probably my favorite yeah. element. For me, it's kind of like I've kind of been fortunate enough that um, most of my long-standing friendships have probably come from uh, being involved in kind of artistic areas. So like um, like just so definitely the people that you do meet um are always you know someone's always kind of doing something cool and generally are uh people that you want to keep around um on top of that i think what's 
is the, probably the hardest thing for people who are creating or writing is the fact that we would all have been out a lot and not like in pubs and stuff like meeting up for coffees going for walks like anyone in your sphere and it was a huge community you'd find yourself not at home a lot because you're always meeting up but people are going to a gig as well so there's there was that like uh too as well i think that was the biggest issue with lockdown is the fact that that was just getting cut off yeah and then it's like i find like just uh one thing i've definitely realized during the uh music production course uh is um even though it's kind of still a studying type world it's like i'm actually loving it and uh like the assignments aren't a drag and it's not a thing that i hate whereas if i think back to when i did my degree in college i'm just like just how uh how little I enjoyed a lot of the parts of that, really. So it's kind of like when when it is something that you love, how how just how much easier, like how much how less you have to rationalize why you're doing it. It's kind of like I I'm doing this because it's fun and I like it. Like you know, it's kind of um, it's a much yeah, I get it's that. much easier. Um, but there's there's so much here. I wouldn't even know. Um, I'm sure people can can sum it up a lot better. But I just kind of like constantly working on new it's stuff. It's a fairly um, loaded question to spring on you, so. <laughs> It's a good one though, because I'm sure you're gonna get like, especially oh. if you're kind of using it on the podcast, you're gonna get some really cool answers with it, and probably no one's. Well, you're the, the first same. guys I've asked, be... so we'll probably stay on. Right. <laughs> I keep it in because it kind of it, it makes you really, like I'll be thinking about that after the podcast, and then I'm gonna be like, "Fuck, I should have said this because that's a better answer than the stuff that I can't even rem- remember." I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's, there's so many questions that I have. Like, that was one that I was like, no, that's a very good question to ask. But, like, there's a couple of, like, what's the one that I have here? If Brass Phantoms were to collab with anybody, who would it be? Ooh. Now, they're basic bitch questions, but they're still, like, some of them are good. But I do love the, um yeah, what you'd enjoy most about being an artist. Because it makes me also go as well, like, what the, why do I, why do I like doing what I'm doing? And going out and yeah. meeting people is exactly this. That's, like, meeting people and creating stuff that everybody's enjoying and vibing with all at the same time is one of the best feelings in the world, I think. 100%, 100%. And I think, like, oh, that's it. Like, it's kind of, it's just, just feels so much. Like, there's, there's, um, yeah, like, like, just that feeling after, like, when you're on stage, like, it's, for, it's, 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 there's different worlds to it. Like, there's the kind of, there's the writing and messing about at home. There's the recording process. There's, so it's kind of like, you know, and then there's playing live. So that's all part of a kind of wider thing. But, like, just that feeling of, like, um, something clicking in a studio that you didn't expect like just when something unexpected clicks and it's like oh that sounds way better than what i could have imagined or when you're playing a good gig and people are really into it and then like shit like me looking across at ryan and just like absolutely like hammering in like going head to head with him like stuff like that's kind of um that's you know there's there's not as many things that um there's not too many things that would kind of make me that i would kind of cherish as much as that kind of stuff i'd, I'd say yeah well, I guess um, we'll leave it there. So I just want to, like, one last thing for anybody who wants to check you out, where can they find you? Yeah, I guess, uh, so, yeah, there's uh, there's all the usual. So just Brass Phantoms uh, on Instagram. Uh, Brass Phantoms, if you search it on Facebook, if you're typing it on Facebook, it's got to be BP Dublin because uh, Facebook wouldn't use wouldn't let us put Brass Phantoms in our URL because it has the word ass. What? 
Yeah, it came up as a. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, this, this was like <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Brass Phantoms is flagged as offensive. So it says that's that. hilarious. I know. I was so surprised, and then I was like, I was "What be your ass mean?" <laughs> hey man, I could think of loads of things. <laughs> Brit ass <laughs> phantoms. <laughs> yeah. so, um, Alright, guys, phantoms. I uh, uh, Spotify. As well, I hope he's enjoyed that. Oh yeah, Spotify. Platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the important ones. And holding. Uh, Holding Out for Horrors is out now to listen to as well. If anybody wants the debut album, I highly recommend it. So, guys, thank, thank you so you, much sir. for that. I really, really appreciate you coming you on. Much. Um, that was really, really fun. Really, really, really enjoyed Thanks it. Thanks so, so much for having us. Thank you so much. Uh, I can't thank you. Best luck with everything. No problem. Forward to hearing all the other. Cheers. Thank you.